listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Peeves is brought to you by Petco.com. Petco is a leading specialty retailer of premium pet food supplies and services, offering more than 10,000 high-quality pet-related products. Enter the code PEEVES10, P-E-E-V-E-S, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Amy Showtime. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shojai, and today we're discussing veterinary specialist. Now that brings me to my rant of the week. Every veterinarian offers solid, basic care, such as vaccinations, spay and neuter surgeries, flea control, and more, and they can diagnose and treat a wide range of health challenges. But in recent years, Researchers have also made amazing strides in specialized areas of veterinary medicine. These treatments can greatly improve a sick animal's quality of life and often cure or at least add months or years to the time the pet and the owner can share time together. Yet many folks don't think to ask about advanced care options until their dog or their cat receives a devastating diagnosis. Now, there's only a few local practices that are equipped to provide cutting-edge innovations in diagnosis and treatment, which can save pet lives when routine methods fail. Today's guest will share all of the details about veterinary specialties, how they're trained, and what these experts can offer for our pets. Dr. Nancy Kay is a board-certified specialist in the American College of Veterinary Internal Medicine, and she's published in several professional journals and textbooks, including the book Speaking for Spot. She was selected by the American Animal Hospital Association to receive the 2009 Hills Animal Welfare and Humane Ethics Award, and Dr. Kay lectures professionally to regional and national audiences. She's a staff internist at VCA Animal Care Center, a 24-hour emergency specialty care center in Rohnert Park, California, and as a way of providing some emotional support for people with sick four-legged family members, Dr. K founded and helps facilitate the VCA Animal Care Center Client Support Group. So listeners, call all your cats and come sit, stay with your dogs and we'll be right back with Dr. Nancy K after these messages. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Hey, boy, how you doing? What am I doing? I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know, me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? 
That's definitely going on there. <coughs> no, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. <coughs> no, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. <coughs> Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. And please help me welcome Dr. Nancy Kay, a veterinary internist and award-winning author and writer. Thanks for coming, Dr. Nancy. We appreciate your taking the time. My pleasure, Amy. Thank you. What I like to do before we get started is to have our guests tell a little bit about themselves. What animals share your life and your love? What dogs, cats, other critters do you have? Well, Amy, I'm sort of uh, loath to talk about that publicly for fear that I might be reported to some local government <laughs> agency for having too many animals. But, you know, the sad truth of the matter is I have fewer now than I did just about a year ago. We had some attrition because of aging and, and various diseases. Um, we have three dogs, uh, one of whom is a Hurricane Katrina rescue doggy. Ah. Um and that's a kind of a big, he's a big, his name is Tipper, and he's sort of a big Doberman mix of some sort. And then I have two little mutts that are uh, just insanely adorable. <laughs> we have two kitties, one of whom I just diagnosed as being hyperthyroid. So oh. um, I'm relying upon the specialist in my hospital, the radiologist, to to give radioactive iodine next week. So we'll be treating her hyperthyroidism. Uh, we have a couple horses. Um some birds, some goats, and a variety of other creatures, even some fish that we rarely see because they're in the bottom of our pond. Ah, let's get right to it then. Explain exactly what does an internal medicine specialist do? Yeah, um, well, might I start by just defining for your audience what a specialty a specialist means? Would that, that would be, be okay? great. Yeah, Um so the American Veterinary Medical Association defines a specialist uh, in veterinary medicine as someone who's graduated from an accredited veterinary school, then has completed a one-year internship program, followed by a two- to three-year residency training program within that specialization. And during the last year of that residency, there's a number of hoops to jump through. 
There's a couple of really major examinations. There's a requirement for publications in uh, certain peer-reviewed journals, meaning research uh, that's published. And then in some of the specialties, there's a requirement for writing case reports that are reviewed. So it's an in, it's it's probably tantamount or even more than a PhD in terms of the amount of work that's required to achieve specialization. And and basically the capstone is passing what's called a certifying exam. So really to achieve specialization, you're looking at a minimum of three years following completion of veterinary school. And there are specialists in dermatology, surgery, internal medicine, cardiology, oncology, you name it, we have a specialization for it, behavior, nutrition. Now, there are also specialists in some of the complementary pathways, such as chiropractic, acupuncture, Chinese herbs, homeopathy. Those specialization programs are a little bit different. And how do you know if someone is a specialist? Because some veterinarians will say they specialize in dentistry or they specialize. The way that you know if someone is really and truly a board-certified specialist is based on seeing specific initials after their name. And you mentioned my book, Speaking for Spot. In In my book, there's a legend that explains all of those initials. So, um sometimes people refer to themselves as specialists, but to be a board-certified specialist recognized by the American Veterinary Medical Association, they need to have jumped successfully jumped through all of those hoops. Um, you asked me what a, a board-certified internist does. Well, we handle all things internal. We don't do much surgery, but um, let's say that um, a veterinarian uh, is trying to figure out why a dog is losing weight. And the family practitioner has done some x-rays, done some blood work, uh, and they haven't been able to really hone in on why that dog or why that cat is losing weight. They might want to go ahead and refer the patient to an internal medicine specialist because we have various tools and training to try to get at an underlying diagnosis. For example, we do a lot of ultrasound, which is a wonderful imaging modality to try to look inside the body. It tells a whole lot more in most cases than an x-ray. And it's done with an animal wide awake, which I love. We also, for example, at my hospital have access to CAT scans and MRI scans. If we want to get gastrointestinal biopsies, we might choose to use an endoscope, which is a long telescope device that passes down the esophagus into the stomach to get biopsies is uh, is a, an option to getting surgical biopsies. And Amy, at the at the beginning of your show, and you gave such a lovely introduction to this whole topic and what the advantages of utilizing a specialist might be. One of the advantages that I, d- I didn't hear you mention that people don't often think about is that sometimes, in many cases, because a specialist had been trained to think a certain way, if point A is the sick animal without a diagnosis and point B is the diagnosis, sometimes the specialist gets from point A to point B much more expediently sure. than someone who doesn't think, hasn't been trained the same way. For example, today I'm taking care of a dog that, ha- that very likely has cancer. I talked with the family veterinarian who was going to be doing a variety of tests that probably would not have resulted in a diagnosis, whereas today... We're going to, she referred the patient to me, we're going to go right to ultrasound, 
get a sample from the spleen and I think we'll have our diagnosis rather than having um, gone in a few different directions before getting to this part of the, the diagnostics. So sometimes a specialist really expedites a diagnosis. I know that I've interviewed a lot of specialists over the years, and and I thought it was interesting. Not too long ago, actually, I interviewed Dr. Nicholas Dodman, who of sure, his, uh, behavior is his specialty, and we were talking about a particular topic, and he said, "You know, Amy, it kind of depends on what specialty you're in. Uh, a behaviorist is going to find a behavior cause, and an internal specialist is going to find an internal medicine cause, and a a surgeon is going to look for a surgery." something to fix there. Do you find that's the case or no. do you guys kind of work together a little bit on I this? Res- I respectfully disagree with Dr. <laughs> Dodman. You know, I have the luxury of working under the same roof with specialists in other venues who I completely respect, totally 100% respect. And re- we really work together to figure out uh, where the problem is. And and I have no difficulties when someone comes in here saying, you know, I think we need a surgical consultation because I think this may be more of a musculoskeletal issue and the surgeons evaluate lameness rather than a medical issue. So, I, Dr. Dodman, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> well, it was on kind of uh, one of those interesting idiopathic cystitis uh-huh. topics that is yeah. uh, very much kind of up in the air and how do you get a hold of a will-o'-the-wisp there anyway? So, Well, uh, Amy, I think more money has been spent researching that disease than any other disease in veterinary medicine without an answer in terms of what causes this feline lower urinary tract disease uh, spectrum of disorders in cats. One other thing I was going to mention, your listeners may say, well, you know, I'd like to see a specialist, but... How do I bring that up with my veterinarian? Yes, they don't want to insult or hurt a veterinarian's feelings. And the cost involved, too. Maybe we need to talk about the the cost. Is it very expensive? Well, well, going back to what I uh, mentioned earlier, this patient that I took in earlier today, the cost to come see me for a consultation is $125. The advantage of having come to see me is we're going to avoid a lot of tests that the family veterinarian was thinking might get to an answer whereas I'm going to use one test today that I think is going to get to an answer. So when you think about expense, if if the specialist gets to the answer more expediently, I think you may be saving money in the long run. And And when it comes to these second opinions and hurting your veterinarian's feelings, veterinarians are used to second opinions. And if your veterinarian has an ego such that his or her feelings are going to be hurt, I still say what's more important, your dog's, in cat's health or your veterinarian's feelings. Absolutely. What are some of the other, share some stories with us about cats and dogs that you've treated. So what are some of the memorable, maybe out of this world experiences where you've saved a pet's life or, or diagnosed or treated something that was totally unexpected? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Too many <laughs> today. So <laughs> many. You know, honestly, Amy, the cases that really stand out in my mind are the ones where I've treated a patient for years for, let's say, a cancer that we thought we might only have six months with, and we've ended up about three years. And I've had so much face time with the client and their pet. And uh, those are the the cases that that really stand out in my mind. I 
there, there was one patient. In fact, I, I wrote about him in, in speaking for Spot. His name was Andrew, and he was a greyhound. And, you know, most of these greyhounds are rescue dogs, right? Right. And uh, he came in for treatment of lymphoma. Lymphoma is one of the most common types of malignancies that we find in dogs and cats. It's not curable, but it's a treatable disease. We're incredibly successful at making it disappear, um, kind of like a cold sore disappears. And we were so successful with Andrew. We went for, gosh, a good two and a half years, I believe, when normally at most you get about a year. And and uh, I spent so much time, watched the little girl and the family grow up. You know, ah. she was a... She was much smaller than Andrew, and by the end, she was taller than his, you know, she rose over his back, and and uh, he actually went on to develop a second type of cancer that became life-ending. So those are wow. the kind of stories that are, are near and dear. What I will tell you is that every day I work here, there's something that I see that I've never seen before, and I've been practicing for almost 30 years. <laughs> and I'll have a client who behaves differently than any client I've ever known, I'll have an animal that comes in with some symptom I've never seen before, which is why this is such a fun profession. It's so great. It's never boring. Well, on that note, we are going to continue our conversation with Dr. Kay and learn a little more about her book after messages from these sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Pet Peeves is brought to you by 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. 1-800-PET-MEDS is your best source for pet medications, vitamins, supplements, and pet supplies. Get great savings, fast service, and free shipping. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Peeves, P-E-E-V-E-S, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more. Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. 
Radio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back. And again, speaking with Dr. Nancy Kay, a veterinary internist and a writer and author. Since the release of her award-winning book, Speaking for Spot, Be the Advocate Your Dog Needs to Live a Happy, Healthy, Longer Life, Dr. K has lectured extensively and written numerous magazine articles on the topic of medical advocacy. So, Nancy, how did it come about? Why did you write the book? Ah, boy, it seems like a long time ago already. Amy, I had a medical scare of my own. I I had about a three-month course of being buffeted about with conflicting opinions and um, uncertainty about whether I did or did not have breast cancer. And the good news is I I don't. Uh, I didn't have it. Surgery had been recommended. And the bottom line is, is because of my own medical advocacy skills, I knew how to ask the right questions and find the right people. Um, I actually did my research to find out who wrote the textbooks on breast cancer pathology. He happened to live in my state, which is California. I went to see him and he told me I had nothing to worry about. Wow. And although there was some anxiety during those three months throughout the entire ordeal, I remember thinking, man, I am so lucky to be able to advocate for myself, medically speaking. How can I give people that gift? How it's, it's invaluable. How can I help people with that? And so I thought, well, you know, it's all really in the questions we ask. And most people don't know enough to know what questions to even ask Absolutely. when they're faced with a medical uh, a diagnosis or, or uncertainty about a medical diagnosis. So what I decided to do is I'll write a book. And for every disease I can possibly think of, I'll provide the questions to ask the veterinarian about that disease. And I was initially going to write it for dogs and cats, and that just became overwhelming. So I said, well, I'll start with speaking for Spot. Next, we'll be talking for Tabby. And so that was what I thought I would write. And then the book turned into so much more because there was so much more to say. So that chapter does exist in the book for most every common canine disease. There's a list of questions to be sure to ask your veterinarian. But it evolved into a huge book on medical advocacy. I know that when, as a human being, when I go to the doctors and potentially get bad news, and I think also as owners, when we go to the veterinarian and are getting a diagnosis, a lot of it, you kind of blank out after the first sentence, you have cancer, you have diabetes, your dog has whatever the, the issue is, you blank out, you don't hear it, and you go home, and then you say, what did he say, or... What is, you know, not every veterinarian is able to speak in language that a pet owner easily grasps the way you are. So I would think this book is something to have at home and say and go back and revisit. Yeah, this is meant to be a reference book. So how is it different than other dog books that listeners might already have? Uh, You know, I, I find and I looked at all the books out there because I wanted to see if what I was writing existed and it didn't. What what a lot of the other books do is they just give descriptions of diseases. And a lot of it is geared towards what you can do at home, first aid at home, um, how to interpret the symptoms that you're seeing. That's not in this book. This, this book is really basically teaching people how to interact with their veterinarians in order to get the very most for their pets 
so that they're making the very best choices possible for their dogs and cats. And second best, in addition to that, they're creating peace of mind for themselves to feel as though they didn't have any regrets about how they went through that process, that they really didn't let their pet down. They were, they were their pet's medical advocate when their pet needed it the most. Well, I know in your bio, it mentions that you actually created the VCA Animal Care Center Client Support Group. Which came yeah. first? Because it sounds like the book and the support group do a lot of the same thing in terms of advocacy. They do. But you know what the support group deals a lot with, a great deal with, is the aftermath of people who weren't able to be good advocates for their pets. People who go through the process having read Speaking for Spot, having done all the right things in terms of making decisions for their pet, even if the outcome isn't good, they're able to kind of work through the grief process a lot better than people who say, oh, I wouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. I wish I had done that. And so the people who really get stuck are people who are, one, isolated with their grief. They don't have a support system. And number two, people who feel like they blew it. And, and the guilt is overwhelming, and it's one of the very, the, one of the hardest things to get past. For example, a person who feels as though someone else made the decision for euthanasia, oh. their child, their spouse, their veterinarian said, you, you should put your pet down. And they have remorse about that because they feel like, you know, they're the ones who knew that dog or cat better than anyone. They should have been the one to make that decision. The other thing, the other uh, group, Amy, that this uh, support group serves are people who are going through their pet's illness um, and are really racked with grief. You know, the grieving process doesn't begin when you lose your pet. It begins right. when you first hear the word cancer. And so the group is really beneficial to people who are struggling emotionally with their pet's current illness as well. Well, I think to go back to the, the first part of our show, talking about the veterinary specialist, when I was researching one of my books, and spoke with a lot of the veterinary oncologists, this was a point they made that even though cancer is not necessarily a curable disease, it is treatable and it gives owners the time it takes to grieve and prepare for that loss. I think that's a very exactly. powerful thing. And sometimes that honeymoon will last a good couple of years. Yes. The analogy that I give is if, if one of your kitties developed kidney failure, you would treat it. It's not a curable disease. But with treating, you will potentially prolong very good quality of life. And treating cancer is much the same. And, um, boy, we see a lot of cancer these days in, in dogs and cats. And a lot of people choose to treat because with some types of cancer, certainly not all, we're able to make the cancer really back off or completely go away without making the animal sick. The quality of life remains really good. We use the same sorts of chemotherapy drugs that are used in people at differing dosages. So dogs and cats don't tend to lose their hair. They don't tend to get sick. And the other thing is that dogs and cats don't sit around thinking, I've got cancer. Exactly. They don't know from yesterday to today they got a diagnosis. All they know is, how do I feel this moment? They role model living in the moment for us. That's the beauty (laughs) of surrounding ourselves with these animals. They have a lot to teach us. Well, what is the biggest takeaway message from your book? What do you want listeners and readers to get out of this? The main thing that I want them to do is to to know that their role in 
the health care for their dog or cat, their role is to be the team captain. The veterinarian is one member of their pet's health care team, but guess what? They're the team captain. That's the way it should be because who knows that cat or dog better than the person who has opened their home and heart to that animal. And so what I want people to do is step up and take an active role, push the veterinarian off the pedestal. I, I appreciate the accolades, but we're all on the same team together. And so work towards an open relationship with your veterinarian, a comfortable relationship with your veterinarian where you can exchange information and discourse and make decisions that are good for your animal and good for your peace of mind. Well, now I understand that you have a, a new program that you're donating some of the uh, some of the funds from sale of the book to animal welfare organizations. Yes, any animal-centered nonprofit organization can enroll in what I call the Speaking for Spot Gives Back program. And what that means is that when someone comes to my website to purchase Speaking for Spot, there's a little pull-down menu, and they can select the nonprofit organization they wish to support. And then I will send $4 from the book sale to that organization. Wow, that's great. Now, listen, give me your, your website so that folks can find your book. Is it also available in bookstores? It should be available in most any bookstores that you can find and certainly at all the online, all the usual online places. I, I would love to tell your audience about dogwise.com, which is a publishing house for dog books that really does a lot for dog health. So support them. I prefer supporting the likes of them or one of my nonprofits that I support. My website is www.speakingforspot.com. And that also would give you access to my blog. Oh, yes. Do tell about the blog because I understand that it is an award-winning <laughs> blog. Yes, my dog likes it too because he's commenting on that. <laughs> well, it, basically, I, I choose different topics every one to two weeks to write about that I hope will be amusing and informative. And uh, if you want to join my email list, you'll get my blog. And you can do that by visiting my website. All right. Well, we are out of time, and I would like to thank Dr. Nancy Kay and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. I dare you to join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio for the next installment of What Hisses You Off. Email me suggestions or post a note to my blog by dialing up PetLifeRadio.com and clicking on the Pet Peeves logo. Now, don't forget, you can subscribe to the free Pet Peeves newsletter available from shujai.com. Woofs and purrs until next time. And dogs and cats have moved from the barnyard into the family room, from being considered work animals to being prized companions and family members. They are no longer considered replaceable. Today's pets deserve the most current and the highest quality care available. So don't hesitate to seek the expertise of a veterinary specialist and look for information on advocating for your pet in speaking for Spot. After all, you don't want your dogs and cats to get peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.